It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. And indeed, welcome into the podcast. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist center with Chad Brendel from BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com as well. Fellas, lots to talk about. We're going to get into the Kentucky-North Carolina game, among other things. Uh, certainly, uh, we'll get into Xavier's uh, weekend ahead, and we'll get into UC's uh, weekend ahead. But, but I, do want, I do want to start with this. It's a little off topic. It, it, we, we've kind of bandied off to some college areas here a little bit. We've got to touch on this Louisville stuff the, 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 I, with I, the Wake Forest. I do have a question first. Yes. I was listening to the two angry guys yes. this morning. I, I want to talk about this, too. Um, did Tom Gamble run a commercial for his own company on your podcast? Um, it, it's possible. It is. It is possible. I'm not really as interested in that. I'd actually like to know. Wait, did, wait, wait. Did, did you call a porn star a supermodel during that podcast? No, 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 no. We we had a porn star in, but we had a supermodel in as well. Elaine Irwin was not a porn star. Oh. Elaine Irwin is, was those, a supermodel. Those are two different, two different people. People. Gotcha. We had porn That's stars in from time to time on the show, which okay. was good um, to promote racers down in, in Sparta. That was that was good. No, no, no. Elaine Irwin um, married, was married to John Mellencamp. She was a supermodel at one point. Okay, that's I missed part of that story. But we were all in the closet together. That's all I can tell you. It's a hell of a closet. So, so if we cut our own commercials, we could run our own commercials. On I this. think so. I think so. Would 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 you charge us for them? Um, no, I guess not. I mean, maybe that'd be the way, <laughs> that's the way you get paid, maybe. Huh? I, that, go ahead. We just bring the porn star back in, or how's that? I mean, this is a pretty big room. We could get a porn star in here. Get multiple. <laughs> I mean, there's no question. Just, I'm an ideas guy. This is a little bit bigger. This is actually bigger than the studio that we used to do the show from, I believe. Have, have Juice call racers. Okay. See if they want to be a sponsor. There we go. Get us some porn stars. Could you imagine the looks we'd get walking up here um, through the TV station? Yeah. We'd have, have, we have to racers, sneak it back up. Racers just employs porn stars? I thought they were just strippers. That, no, 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 no. Porn stars come in and feature dance. Exactly. See, he knows more uh, than I know on this stuff. I, yeah, I just. I'm, I've, I've been, to a, been to a club or two. Proceed. I'm day. sorry. Yeah, you went just off in crazy <laughs> Ivan world right there. Uh, speaking of crazy Ivan world, we got to touch on the Louisville stuff for just a second. I, I, I just, I cannot believe. I can. A coach. No, I can't believe a coach <laughs> or, or a guy associated with the program as long time as the Wake Forest guy was would do something like that. I, I, he was unless he was really betting. upset. See, I think I think betting I, or, or I, betting. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things I can think but of. But here's here's my thing, Skinny. Like, just bet against Wake Forest, like. <laughs> you, no, you ain't got a cheat to do that. That's and I looked it up. I mean, they they were seven and five against the spread, so they were right about you know five hundred, no matter which way you went. So it wasn't like you look up and somehow they were eleven and one against the spread, and this guy yeah. helped influence that. Um, I can't believe you'd be that bitter. I, I just he clearly was. He clearly I, was. Now yeah. I can believe that Louisville is involved in this, and I know there's a lot of media outrage. Out there, over it, uh, nationally, nationally, left, locally, left and regionally. Right. Um, I, I hate Louisville as much as the next guy, being a UC fan, and, and the rivalry um, that was there for a long time. But but I will say I uh, I've got a little bit of respect for the fact that they just say, you know what, we don't care, we own it. The, the, the only it, thing that matters when it's funny. I, I don't respect that, but I do respect that stance because they the, do. Own they it. just own it. They they just say, you know what, screw it. We're we're here to win. 
We're not about, we, we hired Steve Cragthorpe. We lost. We thought that was awful. We're not about that life. And we don't care. We don't care, but it, it, whatever means. We don't care about we don't care about hookers and strippers. No, we, we don't care about cheating. We don't care about getting other teams. I mean, plays. It's, it's like Al just Davis. Win, baby. Just win, baby. Al Davis is running the Louisville Athletic Department. Just win, baby. And the response was was from Tom Jurich yesterday. Awesome. Was basically, <laughs> the cut to the chase of this was. Leave us alone. Don't distract us from our bowl preparation. You mean people, you. Yeah. That's that's what it came down to. How dare you call us out for cheating when we've got a bowl game to get ready for? Holy cow. <laughs> now, I, Are I, you not concerned at all from a media perspective about this situation? In what regard? Like what it oh, does yeah, no, to yeah, media and, members no, and going I want to touch forward? It. Yes. Um, and I think that's that's the shame that's of it. A, because, that's a big deal. Because I mean, what, especially what's for have, guys like us. Yeah. Yes, who who get access sometimes that other people don't, who are trusted by coaching staffs to keep yeah. some things in confidence, just to have some deep background that are told some things that you maybe can't report today, but it plants a seed for something a week from then or a month from then or um, at least has some, some working knowledge. For for guys like I'll use Byron Larkin or Chuck Mayshock. Chuck's probably not around practice as much as he ever was. Some. Yeah, but, but not, not like he was. Yeah. I don't know how much Jim Kelly comes to football, but Jim certainly is some, very much yeah. in the loop. Um, for Byron um, – um, you know, I'm sure he's he's in the loop to a large degree, and, and I would assume for the most part, the coaches there now trust those guys because they've been around it. But it is going to give some guys across the country cause to go. No, you know what? I, I I know we've been doing this for 20 years, and and you've never burned me one time, but I I can't run that risk any longer. For- I- Fortunately for me, Xavier literally puts all their plays out in an email newsletter to like high school coaches. They actually do. So, I, I know they so like they don't care if everyone knows their plays. So that's the only good news because I could walk out and teach your Beachwood team Xavier's offense right now. Yep. And like I don't, I don't, I don't know if what they do just change the offense and quit letting me come to practice. Or yeah, exactly. What? exactly. Like, I, don't, I don't know how that would work exactly, but yeah, like that was the first thing I thought is like, oh no, this was a media member. That's not good. Yeah, I, I just I cannot believe someone would be that. That dumb or that mean spirited. I can believe that Louisville would be in, in in the middle of it. Now, you, I mean, you've been that mean spirited towards some of the jobs that you've left over the years. I've done that. I've done that. There's no question. You'd, you'd have sold their secrets to the enemy. No, I wouldn't have done that. I would tell you that. I, I'd find a way to get back at them, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> sell the secrets. I, I wouldn't do that. Um, Skinny doesn't like for people not to know that he was angry. He likes to make sure the person that he was angry with saw him be angry. <laughs> that is correct. That is. That's about right. That's, yeah, that's like, about right. That, going behind doors. And giving away secrets is not your no, style. It's no, more it, of a, it's frontal. Plays of fury. <laughs> it is. It's right. It's, there's, it's, there's middle fingers involved. Yep. There's eye to eye contact. There's there's yelling curse words. <laughs> if, if you keep your so not like your coaching if, style. It is. If you keep your hands up, it was a good day. It was a great day. <laughs> yeah. It was a great day. I, I'll leave it with this to put a ball before we move on to basketball. I'm assuming the ACC at the very least investigates this, right? Have to. It's been going on apparently since 2014. Like we're talking three seasons of this. All right, so, w- so what do they do with with a Louisville that basically admits, yeah, we had it. We 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 didn't really. We, we, we didn't. We had their plays. We didn't. We didn't use them. No, we wouldn't have used them. <laughs> Not us. Isn't that what everyone's just going to say now? Be like, oh yeah, I didn't inhale. <laughs> yeah, right, that's what it is. That's what it is. It's a didn't inhale excuse. It's unbelievable. I, mean, I think that's what every team says now. That's that's how you yeah, get away with it. Because, because like, well, there is evidence out there that we probably have these somewhere. So let's just say we had them. But we didn't use. We, we didn't use. Those we were plays. cheating. Yeah, we have no proof we cheated. I would tell you if you look at the final score, they didn't cheat very well in that game. That's no. for damn no, sure. They're terrible no. cheaters. I don't. Th- no, I think they're pretty good at. Th- well, they do get caught or, a lot. Or maybe they are really bad cheaters. Terrible cheaters. Or the flip you side is, you think they're planning something to use the absolute other way. 
that maybe they're showing they're, this guy's leaving it, giving it to you, and it's just a ruse. It's, it's like it's like when one program calls another program and says we're desperate in scheduling, we will come to your place for a bye game and play you in a one-off. We just need the game, and the, the school that's top five in the country says there's something awfully fishy about this. I don't think we're gonna do that. What are you getting at, Chad? Nothing, Cal. <laughs> Nothing. I'm just hypotheticals. 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 Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Let's uh, let's start with Kentucky, North Carolina, before we move on to uh, to UC and, and to Xavier. Uh, big game for both. Certainly, big game for Kentucky game. since they lost to UCLA. Um, they do play Louisville as well um, before the the non-league ends. And we talked about this a little bit uh, on the podcast earlier in the week. You get in the SEC play, you're not going to have a chance to really sharpen your resume a ton. About the only thing you can do is probably hurt it a little bit. Um, so these are two chances for Kentucky to maybe just put themselves on the one line, and not not the overall one line, but at least put themselves on the one line, plant themselves there, and then say knock us off from it. Do we know if Joel Berry's playing? Is I don't. Him? I don't. Yeah, I don't. That's a completely different North Carolina team without him. I mean, that's one of the best teams in the country with him at point guard. With him not playing, they almost lost to Tennessee. Yeah, and that's and it's not a good Tennessee team either. Yeah. So. Um, the thing about this for UK is after this game and the Louisville game. There are only two more opportunities on their schedule for a top 50 road win. Probably should schedule better. <laughs> no, they, they, they probably can. should. We're going to get into that. Don't don't run your mouth yet, Bub. <laughs> yeah. Don't you, run your mouth you, yet, you my wait friend. a second, guy. <laughs> um, but, th- yeah, I, I, I just think that's the biggest thing for UK. I mean, when you look at their schedule, the next, like, really interesting game, I mean, don't get me wrong, they'll play home against, like, Texas A&M, which is whatever. But the next really interesting game where, like, we're worried about if Kentucky's going to lose or not isn't until January 28th when they play Kansas at home. Yeah, I forgot about the Kansas game. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I forgot about it. But, I mean, it's a home game. We're right. And it's still a long time from now. So these, these two games are huge for yeah. UK back-to-back. And and we don't know if how huge the North Carolina game is because, like we said, we don't know if, if Joel Berry's going to be playing. So no, it's still huge. It's I mean, still you huge. Still need but that win for your resume. Yeah, because I mean, I know people do factor in injuries, but at the end of the day, like the end of the it's year, it's still a win over North Carolina. Yeah, we yeah. don't really uh, dissect that too hard just because Joel Berry was out. Especially if you're talking about a team like UK, who's not going to be borderline. Um, in terms of like how this game plays out, it's going to be fast. Very. North Carolina plays 12th fastest in the country. UK's fourth. It's going to be around 80 possessions, I think, at least, which means this is probably going to be a game similar to the UCLA, UCLA game, game yeah. where it's just going to be fun as hell to watch. Yeah, the, the question is, though, we thought that there's no way that if Kentucky, if UCLA wanted to play that pace, that they would score what they scored against Kentucky, and they did. Now, they could be in a different stratosphere offensively, and they, they, might, they might well yeah, they might well be. I mean, can Kentucky win another game like this or, or, yeah. or, or, or no? I, I definitely think so. I don't think North Carolina is the same team that uh, UCLA is offensively, especially playing at that pace. I'm not sure anybody is, to be honest with you. No, that. I totally agree with that. Um, the one thing that really worries me in this game for UK is offensive rebounding. They are not a great defensive rebounding team. Cal's never been a box-out guy. He has athletes. He says, just go get the ball. Yeah. And because of that, if you're not really good across the board at that, right. if you only have like a couple big guys that do it, you leave yourself open to a lot of offensive rebounds coming from the perimeter. And that's what they do. And when you look at North Carolina... You've got Kennedy Meeks, who's a great offensive rebounder. You've got Tony Bradley. You've got Isaiah Hicks. This is staggering. They're averaging basically four offensive rebounds a game each. Yeah, Yeah. each. That's more 
credit to where why they're able to score as much as they do than their offense. Yeah, they like get when, a lot of extra opportunities. At UCLA, we're talking about their offense. Right. Just their, their ability to, to run offense and put the ball in the basket. You're talking about finishing possessions with these guys. Right. It's a, first it's, it's a, different, of, it's a, a completely different thing. And I think Kentucky can hang with that. What I was worried about against UCLA was could they execute the way UCLA executed? I mean, it's, this is going to give them an issue. And the funny thing is, North Carolina plays that fast, but they're so big. Yeah. I mean, you, generally, when you think of a roster that's constructed like that, you think of a team that pounds it, you know, aggressive, kind of slow, but they're not. It's kind of a just a weird paradox, the way that their, their roster is built, but they still play the way well, they do. I think do. it's unconventional, especially yeah. in today's game. And I, I love Roy Williams for that, the fact that he's figured out a way to make that work. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and here's the way you make it work. You get a lot of really talented players. Yeah, that helps. That's, uh, that's a starting point. But that being said, I still love watching their style of play. By the way, UK, 234th in defensive rebounding percentage in the country. Not good. That doesn't bode well. North Carolina, well. number one in offensive right. rebounding percentage. That, that doesn't bode well. So it's going to be interesting. Or maybe he says, you know what, we're going to spend the week boxing out, and then we're going to box out in this game, and we're going to change our philosophy. Not his philosophy. I, I, I can know. promise you that will not happen. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what the differential That's not becomes. what they're doing to Coach Cal this Cal, week. Cal is vehemently against boxing out. Maybe Camp Cal, they're doing something different this week. Instead of doing some, some little crafts, they're working on boxing out at I Camp think, Cal. I think Brad Calipari might be the only one boxing out this week. Dominic Hawkins, he's, he's a box out. No, guy. he's too athletic, I'm telling you. If you have an ounce no. of athleticism, Cal does not want you boxing out. Just tag it and go? Don't, don't even bother, just go. He doesn't just, even do hit Just and NBA it, it go he he doesn't even hit and get. He I'm just goes and, get. goes and gets it. Put a body on somebody. <laughs> it bugs me. You, you and Coach Mack. Exactly right. Put a body on somebody. It really is. You know, what, you know what skill level that takes to do? Absolutely none. Zero. Xavier's letting the ball bounce this year. Because I love it. They've had it I love like it. Times. Tell Coach Mack I love him. That's <laughs> awesome. They've literally had the ball bounce in games like ten times where they're all just boxing out waiting for it. And then someone's like, oh, I guess I should go get that. Our favorite pack practice drill is literally you have to hold your guy off till the ball stops bouncing. And it becomes a war where guys are into the corners. You're getting heads banged off of <laughs> This teachers. is exactly how kids get injured. Yeah. It, I was just going to say it, that. It is, but it's a, it's a great toughness. No out of bounds. No out of bounds. Yeah. No whistle. You just run Not straight a, into the bleachers. A chance for a whistle, and they just—they're they're all looking at you like, "Please stop bouncing ball! Please, please, please!" So this drill can be over. Yeah, Beachwood's gym has about two feet each on each sideline. No, so. we got the new auxiliary gym. Oh, okay. So we can put we can put all the stands and stuff back. Okay. It works out very well. Gotcha. Um, who wins tomorrow then, based based on Kentucky. based on your analysis? I've got Kentucky too. I think this game's just too big for him. It means too much. I agree. I, I, I would agree. But it, you're right about the one thing. It will be fun to watch. I mean, just like well, UCLA. UCLA was must-watch TV. Barry is playing. Yeah, I mean, that is it a It could yeah. be a blowout if he's not. Correct. Yeah, because then it's – Because they were awful against Tennessee. I will, mean, awful. And going against that U.K. defense without your yeah. your best offensive right. player, your point guard, I mean, that's just really – You talk grab and go. It's going to literally be bringing the ball up the floor. And just They're just going to grab it and go the other way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't, I don't they think – They don't have a backup point guard, really. Of Tennessee. So, all right. Speaking of schedules, you already poked at the bear a little bit. Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about about the UC schedule because it's been brought up here in the last week. Um, I, can I just can I just put a disclaimer out there yes. that Chad and I aren't linked or affiliated in any way, and any media members that would still like to have me on their shows, I am open <laughs> and available. Despite what mean things Chad will say at you when he spider monkeys you when you have a take on Twitter. The, the, the one thing I'll give Chad credit for is that look, look. Sometimes he's out on his own island. And it's it's sometimes a lonely island. I'm on that island sometimes. Sometimes I don't myself. Mind it. No, right. Sometimes you got to own being on that island by I'm yourself. Not 
I'm so. Mr. Politically Correct, like Rick. Brenda afraid Lyla. to take a stance. Um, but but he does occasionally. He keeps poking until the poking needs to stop, right? Well, he's spider monkeys. It doesn't. Chad doesn't go for like a reasonable conversation. Like let's discuss this. Chad waits until he, it builds up to where he can't. And then he anymore, just and then he just, just attacks. Yeah, he just goes off on people that like he knows well. And then when you try to go back at him, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you. Then he blocks you. Yeah. Or mute you. <laughs> I've seen that. Happen Have you ever had that before. happen? I've seen that. You know what I learned? What's that? That when you block somebody, you automatically unfriend them. Oh, so you have to follow him back? You gotta go follow Oh, I didn't know that. Didn't you know what's awesome for me? It means I didn't have to follow Chad ever again. Because <laughs> he unfriended me. I'm like, I'm not going through that again to follow him. Exactly. So now it's just, I don't have to read his crap. Because it probably happened between you two guys, what, at least once a week? No, that was not. That was the, that's the only time. I don't care enough to block and unfollow and refollow. I'm not. I, that's was, why I follow him. Okay, it was, it was part of the running. It was. West Side Jesus joke. Yeah. He, t- he took the L. He, he had to read our tweets again. Yes, he did. He just had to go back through it one more time, didn't he? Yeah. It was like the walk of shame. There, there's occasionally times I just don't even look at the comments. You just don't even bother. Don't look. Just don't look at them. I love looking at them. Unless you're looking for Spambot. Now, sometimes Spambot can be funny. I mean, he's in there, and he's telling you about some job you can make $4,800 from home on for the month, and that, that makes you laugh. Spambot guy's funny. But other than that, sometimes just don't look at those. But, but let's talk about the UC schedule uh, a little bit. Uh, Texas Southern was in town. I think they listed, what, 6,600? Was that fair? Yeah, because the students are gone. I mean... Okay. The, the, I, I, no, I'm just. Was that a fair assessment? Yeah, six hundred. Okay, they are. They are. They, they are. No, they they do. They do. Okay, they do gate. They I don't, don't. I don't believe that. By the way, there's zero chance they do that. No one in the country does that. They do gate. I swear there's to God. No way they do gate. All right, hang on. They do it for football too. And okay, I mean, I believe you think that. I don't believe they do that. I, I'm telling you, they do. Uh, that's fine. I've argued with people about why not do ticket sales. Okay, and they've told me that their their flaw their their procedure is gate. See, I would just do ticket sales. I mean, ticket sales. I would too. Them and everyone else in the country. Yeah, I, I would too. I'm on your side on this. I, no, I, I know. I know what you're saying. I'm just saying I don't agree with you, and I don't believe you're right. That's all. all right, but, 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 so they lied to me. Yeah, I just think you have bad sources on ticket sales. That's all. <laughs> that's all right, let, let's look at this from a consumer perspective, though. <laughs> if, if I'm a fan, and look, you should argue if you're a, if you are a deep rooted Cincinnati Bearcat fan, you will go to any game, come hell or high water. Mm-hmm. All right, but that's just a, that's not reality. Uh, people pick and choose a lot of times. Give me a compelling argument to go. to to any of the of the UC home games uh, non-conference this season? Any I mean, compelling argument? There's not any because the, 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 the teams aren't named teams. They got screwed over by Michigan. Yes, they did. And, royally. And that's legit. And I think it hurts in terms of this perception to play the Xavier game in January. I prefer the game in January, but when you're talking about your non-conference November-December schedule, if you have it and it says Michigan and Xavier – it looks a lot better than what it looks like now. And you can, you know, right now the problem you have is Texas Southern and Marshall in terms of, like, RPI and, and what it means for their resume are probably the two best home games yeah, for on the non-conference like, schedule. Te- Texas Southern actually, and, and again, this is very fluid, but as of today, is 73 in the RPI. I, I would have never believed that if you had given me a 5,000 guesses. Marshall's up in the top 150 in Ken Palm. So, I mean, those two are, are if they win those, you know, if they, they beat Marshall – um, those are two games that will have a you know not a positive impact on their resume, but they're not going to hurt their resume. So, so, but I guess the question can't there isn't there a happy medium somewhere where there's a Missouri Valley team, even an Ohio Valley? But there, I mean, who's going to? Uh, I'm, I'm just asking, is there uh, a happy um, medium? Well, here's my here's here's my question: Are they going to come for Indiana State? 
I, I, and that's a great question too. I honestly, I don't know the answer to that. I, I, I don't. I do think there would be like for a team like an Indiana State. I do think there might be a little more interest. But overall, I kind of agree with the theory. Like, and for those who don't know, obviously Lance McAllister made this a big topic last night, and that's where you guys got going back and forth on Twitter, and that's the only reason we're really talking about this at this point. Um, I don't think those teams, like him saying bring in a Western Kentucky and an Eastern Kentucky and a Murray State and stuff instead of Texas Southern. I don't know I, that that has enough name recognition. I don't think they that moves the needle any more than... Be, because we've talked about this with NKU. NKU has some of that on their schedule, and it doesn't move the needle. They scheduled West Virginia, and it was only, what, 6,600? Yeah. The only difference is you maybe bring in some of those teams' fans, which I don't know why that really helps. What, you. 200, 300 make right. the trip? Right. right. I, don't, I don't think that's, that's something that's that, That's just – that was my, my – my, one – they work with a limited budget. What about a ten-ish teams, GW-ish, Dayton? I mean, Dayton should but be. But those teams aren't buy games. That's they're true. not. They're not coming in for buy games. So you're gonna go home. Basically, home. basically, what I explained, what I explained, and this is their scheduling philosophy, and then they've gotten in six straight tournaments or whatever with the scheduling philosophy. They want two big without, without being a champ. How many times? Too just just so people remember. Without, without being a conference champ, none. Yeah. So there's all at large. All at large. Yeah. They have. They schedule two marquee out-of-conference homes. Home-and-homes. Well, they have four home-and-homes total. Two at They play at UC, two on the road okay, every yeah, year. Yeah. They just skipped the marquee home-and-homes this year at home. Well, they had it scheduled. It would have been Xavier and Michigan, I, and, and Michigan so, screwed so, them. So here, but here, let me, let me explain something to you about The Michigan that, game though. was scheduled. I know that. Right, 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 right. You're right. right. And, You're and right. Xavier was scheduled to play Wisconsin as part of the Big Ten Big East Challenge, okay? They got screwed out of a big home game. What they looked at their schedule and said, one, we're worried about our strength of schedule. It needs to be better now that we're not having that game. And two, despite the fact, and you, 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 you won't argue this point, despite the fact they're going to go in a league and it's going to help their RPI versus yeah. UC. Right, but not. they have right. a totally different scheduling philosophy than UC does. And two, the other thing Xavier legitimately said, and we had Mario on the podcast talk about this, they worry about the value that they're providing to their customer. And they said, we can't just go through a bunch of buy games and not have any type of big games on the schedule. So what they do, they added a Utah and a Northern Iowa home games. UC could find them. You and, know what they need to do that? They wouldn't schedule a home and home with Northern Iowa. They're going to go play at Northern okay. Iowa next year, which is a, not an ideal thing for a team like Xavier to do. When did they find out that they weren't playing in the Gambit games? Like right before the late. season started? Yeah, it was late. Later than UC found out about the Michigan thing? No, yes, they did. Uh, yes, it was. That I don't know. No, it I wasn't. Mean, you guys can argue that one between because I honestly I don't know the answer, but it was late for Xavier. I do know that. He's going to look it up as we speak. I knew, I knew that was coming. But <laughs> anyhow, yes. UC tried to find other teams to do that with. It wasn't like they didn't try, and the only thing they could get was fairly Dickinson, who had made the tournament last year to, co- to come in, and it ended up being a bye game against what's now a 250-plus team. The, the other thing is this is not as rabid a fan base as it was a decade ago. No, it just, it just, it just isn't. Well, so it, then, it, it wasn't that rabid a decade ago either. It was okay. dwindling in hugs. Okay, but I, I'll give you dec- 15, 15 years. I'll give you 15. So it's not as rabid a fan base. So then it, you do ask the question, no matter who you bring in, does it move the meter? Not really. I've seen it. I've sat there and watched it. So, so, so here's the thing. That, I think that's what UC needs to just go ahead and realize and admit. I think there is a big part of that. Look, their fans just do not care about their basketball program near as much as other big-time programs do. That's well, a fact. And they also, I will say, the arena is a big part of it. And that, yeah, I'm, because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little tired of hearing that. Like, but there's 2,500 seats people don't want to sit fine. in. That's fine. They're not selling 7,000 of them. I you agree. You can talk about 200 up in the corners, but let's talk about the 7,000. Like, there's 3,000 lower-level seats that were not sat in during the Texas Southern game like it's they were sold 
but the, half of them were not there. Uh, what do you do about that? You sold the seats. Nothing. The entire no. lower bowl is sold out. You, you don't. But, but that's you don't do any. But I thought but they that's didn't a count fan. That. Hang on, that's a fan chair though that went to the trouble to buy a ticket and then looked at the team and said, "Eh, not going to come." That, that you're, ma- you're making our point for uh, us, and it's a top seventy-five team. But uh, I'm. I'm Kind of on your side on that. I don't think it matters who. And, and for okay. the record, can we not act like Texas Southern is a top 75 team? They're like 180 in a resume. I'm they're 180th in Ken Palm, and by the time they get into their conference, they'll drop down in RPI. I'm, RPI is a flawed statistic for this exact reason. I am a day of fact guy, Rick Roaring. Day I of too. fact says 73 as I'm looking at it today. And the facts are they've played a bunch of bye games on the road that are tough. That and, 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 RPI are and Chad will agree. I mean, their RPI is going to slide significantly yeah. Yeah, because, when they get but, that crappy if, league. If they were top 75 in Ken Palm, then you say, okay, maybe they'll stay right. there because they're going to win all those games, whatever, but they're like 200 in Ken Palm, so they're going to lose a bunch of games. So I, I guess, is there a solution? 150, I think. 178. 178, whatever. Is there, I, mean, is there I don't solution? think there is. I mean, unless you schedule, you know, eight, 183. Unless you schedule eight big game, like, you know, right. eight, so, eight so, marquee teams. And let me take this to the court part of this. I think if they bring in Northern Iowa, it's 7,500, 8,000. I don't think it's... That's, that's embarrassing. 50, that's that's embarrassing. Northern Iowa's really good. I mean, that's embarrassing. All right, but, all right, so then let's just take it to the court from a, from an on-court perspective. Does this help, especially when you're trying to put new parts together in December to get you ready for conference play? Or does it not test you enough? Or... It, does Mick think that we've got enough tests on there just to get us ready and we need some of these games I mean, for I think other they reasons? Would, they wanted the Michigan game on there. Obviously, they scheduled it. They felt they needed that game, and and Michigan pulled a chicken crap move, and it was a bad, I, I'm not going to It was a bad move. It was a bad move. So, I, I mean, but you've had neutral against Rhode Island, which was basically a road game, at Butler, at Iowa State. I mean... You've been through a pretty decent gauntlet there. Right. I don't think the problem this year is so much that they're not playing a good enough schedule. I think the problem is they have not taken their customer into account at all. And, like, you don't have to. That's not your job as Mick Cronin or the guy who schedules his games necessarily. But I think it's time UC starts paying attention to the summit. Well, you have the winning attendance. Uh, you're in a terrible conference. You're not getting into a better one, clearly. So, like, at some point, you have to figure out how to start making money with the situation that you have. And looking at your customers and saying, you get to watch Brown, Albany, Sanford, Lipscomb, Bowling Green, Texas Southern, Fairleigh Dickinson, all back-to-back-to-back-to-back in our arena – is not taking their I would, into account. I, I would tell you that that would hurt you from season ticket perspective because if I was if I was a I don't want to say I'm a casual fan if I, if I was a a big UC fan yet not big enough to look and go I, I can't I can't make a commitment to every game I'm certainly not going to make a commitment to every game for that I'll pick three AAC home games um, I, that makes it hard when it comes yeah. to ticket sales it really yeah. does because if you don't have a, a, a decent season base individual stuff just doesn't I mean for that individual game it flies great but for, for the rest of the season it really doesn't it, and you know, I guess it's a know, shame you know what makes it really hard for season ticket sales not winning and going to the tournament and their formula up to this year when it got messed up has worked to get them into the tournament. It has done that. I mean, it, it, it has done that. Let's quickly talk about the Texas Southern game, though, on the court. Um, kind of a, 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 an exercise, for lack of a better term. But got, got some good things out of it. Um, yeah. I will ask you the whole the Kyle, Wa- really well. Well, Kyle Washington coming off of it, correct? Yeah. Um, was that a message? Yep. And did he respond? He had nine rebounds in 18 minutes. Yeah, no, I was just say, if you look at the stat line, that, that um, against one of a, a guy that is a monster on the glass had 30 rebounds against Louisville. Now, um, anything else you take away from the game? Um, they got the bench. To play Cumberland well. played well. Cumberland played well. Trey Scott played well. Justin Jennifer had nine assists, no turnovers. 
I mean, it was they needed to get some of those guys going, and they finally did. So uh, I think that's what you take away from it. Yeah, I think the good news about that schedule is you have a whole lot of uh, opportunities to get some guys' confidence on that bench all of a sudden. You I mean, do? He said deadpanned. No, no, I'm, I'm being serious about that. I, like, that was a good thing for them in this last game was a lot of guys got experience and, and co- gr- grew confidence after playing some tough games where they weren't much of a factor. Yeah. So you do that a few more times, then you hope those guys become a bigger f- – because Justin Jennifer, I think, is important for this team. Like, I don't think – say that did you no i think their offense is better when he's on the court believe it or not um uc does and you mentioned already they do have fairly dickinson coming up on, on saturday what can you tell us about them that uh, that, 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 that would compel me to buy a ticket fairly give ridiculous me, give me something that compelling that would make me go buy a ticket they lost to rutgers last night that's not good that's not good at all <laughs> so what you're telling me is, is if i have my cash is this one of those is this the four for 48 game sure i don't know I, I saw the I ad get for in free. I'm pretty sure you get in free this one just period. <laughs> like, literally, they had something saying, like, high school students were allowed to just come in their student section. All right. So if, so if I bought four tickets for 48 bucks, I get $20 in concession prices and bring a bunch of high school kids, I win. Yeah. yeah, more or less. Maybe I'll do that. That's not a bad idea then. Probably get a couple pops for that 20 bucks. Probably could. That's actually an even better call. Maybe I'll do that. I could get free pops at NKU, though. NKU Sunday, Eastern yeah, Washington. I, I got Steelers Bengals, sadly. I'd rather go to I'd rather. No. Just come to the NKU uh, game. I promise you'll get more hits. I'm, I'm sure I probably will. Yeah. More hits of beer, I think. <laughs> I didn't say what kind of hits. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's talk about Xavier for uh, this weekend. They do take on Wake Forest in, in Cintas Center. Danny Manning trying to get things going again there. It is, it's been a long climb back for Wake Forest. It has, but they're not bad this year. No, they're not. I mean, they're. Uh, that's the thing about the Xavier schedule is they keep playing all these games, and it's like, yeah, they are supposed to win all these, but these like playing Utah and Wake back-to-back at home, not a gimme by any stretch of the imagination. You have to play well in both games. I think the thing with Wake is that they can score, and they're a talented offensive team. They just don't really guard very no, well. No, I watched them earlier in the year. Did they play in a while? They played some one of those silly tournaments early in the season. I was watching. They, they don't defend very well. No, not at all. And, and, I, and I saw Danny when he was coaching at Tulsa, and his team out of Tulsa didn't guard very well either. So maybe it's just not – maybe he's got the NBA mentality. He, he wasn't exactly guard. a great defender. No, he was not. Good offensive player, though. Buckets. He was, he, he was, he was a get-buckets guy yeah no, i danny was one of my favorite players to watch uh, the only time i've ever really been like starstruck on the road doing the recruiting stuff was, was when we first started and he walked into a gym and it, i mean it's just it's danny like he was an assistant at kansas at the time so he had the kansas gear on and just strolls in and you're just kind of like wow like danny manning danny manning yep <laughs> danny and the miracles like that's that's the only time I really like not just for autograph. But no, I don't. I don't okay, do that. I'm, there, glad I, I'm not. I'm glad you didn't. I know there's. Sure. I know there's some guys out there that like to get their picture taken with coaches and things like that on the road. I'm not one can't of those guys. That. You can't do that. That's you don't do that. Dude. He was looking at you. Oh, and he said, "God no." no. I, I know. Oh, you, God, I thought I knew no. you better. God no. Okay. That's the war. Like he's probably looking at me because I crush dudes that do that. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I slap you on the back of the head for something like that. I'm not a violent person. No, you're not. No. But I, I was just saying, I didn't think you'd be that guy that would pose for pictures. <laughs> no, that's the worst. Did you whack somebody upside the head? No comment. No comment. Get, right, now you got to tell no, me. No, I cannot. I cannot. Why is there still litigation possible? <laughs> he's, he's trying to incriminate me. I know he is. He's, he's egging it. I'm watching him out of the corner of my eye. He's egging you on, dude. I, nothing happened. <laughs> I think Wake. They no, no, played no, no, 95% no, 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 man to man. I got a 30. Yeah, you know what? Take it. Make it a full, sir. Make it a full. Um, 
<laughs> just give, can you give me where this was? This wasn't even at an AAU event. This was at the Ninth Region Tournament a couple years ago. Oh, I remember that. Is that is that who we're thinking of? I, I'm sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't slap him, though, did you? Oh, I did. Oh, I thought you just got in a verbal altercation. Oh, I went right upside his dome. <laughs> right upside the back. Like, you know how you smack your little brother when he's being annoying upside the back of the head? I didn't know I you did, did that. I did that at about 150%. Wow. As hard as I could. Right in front of a cop. And nothing, nothing transpired between you and the cop. I'm here. <laughs> well, that's, that's two years later. Uh, no, no, it was. I was. All, Did all you write good. a game story that night? Oh yeah, yeah. two of them. Despite despite the cop standing over your shoulder, going as soon as you're done with that last send button, you're coming with us. I, here's the thing: had he come back, it probably would have been an issue with the cop. Since he just took it, it became a thing where we were all good. Okay, I don't think the cop knew what happened. You served your purpose, is what you're telling me. Sometimes uh, we I first, first horn just sounded. I'm good. We're getting out of the huddle here in a second. All right. You want to talk about Wake? I do. I do. I mean, they've only lost two games, and both of them, uh, Nova and and at Northwestern. So, um, and they played a pretty decent schedule. Yeah, they have. Um, John, he shook. Yeah, he shook. John Collins is uh, good. He's really good. Six ten. He can score. He can rebound. He blocks shots, which, if you're a Xavier fan, I think concerns you a little bit um, with the issues they've had finishing around the basket. Now, the last two games, Rasheed Gaston has been really good. Yep. So it's now it's okay. Now that you're playing a little bit longer of a guy, a guy who can block some shots, are you going to keep that rolling? Are you still going to be able to finish, or are you going to start coming up short again? Um, Keyshawn Woods can really shoot. Bryant Crawford, their point guard, is you know he's a playmaker, averaging like six assists, only two turnovers. So um, they. They're really good offensively. Defensively, I'm interested because they play like 95% man-to-man so far this year. But I've noticed the last few games, he's been working in 1-3-1s and 2-3 zones. And I don't. I just wonder with the way Xavier's been shooting and the way they've struggled if against he, some if opposing he zones, if he's, if he's getting ready for them. If he's yeah, maybe, yeah. preparing that zone for them. And, so. and it's one of those ones you go for a couple trips. And if it works for a couple trips, you go for a couple more. If it works for a couple more, you go for a couple more. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see a 1-3-1 one, one, or a 2-3. They've played them both the last few games. And I could easily see him using that game plan against Xavier. Because I don't think he wants to guard them man-to-man. Because he plays two bigs. Yeah. And that usually doesn't bode really well against Trayvon Blewett man-to-man. So I'm guessing we might see some zone. They're guards, by the way don't rebound at all. So I would look for Xavier to get them on the offensive glass. They're a bad defensive rebounding team. Their bigs rebound well, but their guards don't touch anybody and they're small. And Xavier likes to attack with Bernard, Sumner, Makira from the wings. So I think they'll they'll do well on the offensive glass. There we go. I do want to touch on one other subject before I let you guys have a, have a final take today. I um, I know it's very early. Gary Parrish from CBS Sports came out with his, his early player of the year rankings. I'm sure you guys saw them. He does have Josh Hart one, Lonzo Ball two, Frank Mason three, um, Luke Kennard in there at four, and Maurice Watson from Creighton at, at number five. Any issue with any of that? And you talk you've talked about that Duke team and how do you get Luke Kennard off the floor? You just you can't. You can't. Yeah, you He's just playing too well. Um, I'd have Lonzo at number one. I mean, Josh Hart's really good, but I'd have Lonzo at number one. I I don't know. The only thing, my only thing with Lonzo is he's not quite as complete, especially on the defensive end. He's yeah. great offensively. He's, he's so better good. defensively than he, I thought he was going to be. He is. He is. But like, I mean, when you're talking about like like a Josh Hart, especially, he's so good at everything. Yeah. And and you take Josh Hart off that team and Villanova's nothing. I mean, you take Lonzo Ball off that UCLA team and they're what they were last year. Yeah, so don't get me wrong, a five hundred team. He's just as valuable to them as as Josh Hart is to his team. 
But I think Josh Hart is rightfully number one. And the biggest reason everyone's going to have Josh Hart number one is because he just did it. Uh, well, yeah, right, stage, right, right, right. right as college football was kind of dying down. So he's got the recency bias going in his favor. I think he does deserve it. I think he's the right call for right now. But it's it's not a done deal by any stretch of the imagination. I think the, the, sh- the thing that's a shame is that Markel Fultz is out of it pretty much already. Right? I mean, you can't even have him in the conversation just because his team's going to be awful. so bad. Awful. Yeah. And, and, and really not enough people will see him enough. Either. I mean, that's part of it, too. So stupid. I like Frank Mason. I don't think he ends up being – for them to – But what's going to happen, Rick? They're going to go in. They're going to win the Big 12. He's going to be Big 12 player of the year. Like – he is, but for them to be as good as they sh- like as they can be, I don't think he ends up being like the go-to guy for all of that. So I think his stats don't but quite look the same. Is Josh Jackson really going to take over? Like he's a he's an incredible player. He's got a great future, but he's not a twenty-point a name a game offensive guy yet. No, I, I just and, I, and Devontae Graham is going to take some shine away. So do you think Frank Mason is going to be player of the year? No, but I'm saying his name is going to be up there in the top three or four all year long because he plays for Kansas. Yeah, They're going to win the Big 12. They're going to play big games on ESPN you know, throughout the season. I think he ends up around fourth. That's what, I think you're right. He's, he's around fourth or fifth is where he ends up. I think who do you mean up higher? Uh, I, I, I'm not exactly sure who it is. I think there will be a guy or two, like maybe even like a De'Aaron Fox or someone like that will maybe he's sixth slide, on this list. slide above him as the season goes on. But I think if you look at Lonzo Ball is going to be one or two. Josh Hart is going to be one or two. Right. And then I think you have maybe a Luke Kennard from Duke, although they just have too many guys, I think. They're going to kind of capitalize yeah. themselves on the player of the year thing. Unless he keeps doing what he's doing. I mean, Yeah, but I think you're already seeing Tatum come in and starting to play a bigger, yeah. bigger role. I think that's only going and to And Harry increase. comes back this week. It, right. So it, I, Next I, week. I, my guess is 19th, none of the 19th, Duke guys. 19th, yeah, 19th, yeah. 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 There we go. All yeah. right. Let's wrap on it. All right, one final take from you, Chad Brown. Um, if I if I talk to an NBA scout, do I have to say an anonymous NBA scout? Isn't that how? No, no just an NBA scout that makes him anonymous. An unnamed, unnamed, NBA unnamed NBA scout. Uh, actually, it's a guy that I've you know made friends with over the years and talked to him uh, before the UC Texas Southern game, and you know just confirming and talking about some of the things that we've talked about on the show. Um, he said he he agrees that Edmund Sumner probably is going to need to come back for another year because of the the depth of talent at point guard in this class and because he hasn't yet shown um, his jump shot to be you know, markedly improved yeah. and consistent. He said for him it's probably going to be a situation where he has to come back another year. He did say on Trayvon Blewett, he said it's you know he's an interesting kid because, because of his body type and because of his measurables, you don't want to like him. But the NBA is becoming – a bucket getter game and Trayvon Blewett is a bucket getter so he said he's, he's like he's one of those guys I don't necessarily want to you know take a flyer take on. A, you know but now he's thinking he would recommend it to his general manager you know late in the first round or somewhere early in the second that, that he's a guy that you take let's talk about Trayvon for a second because I think it is an interesting case I've been actually more, he has changed his game a little bit this year to where I think it is moving towards more of a Okay, maybe he is a, a two or a three in the NBA because you are seeing more guys playing the two who can't guard anybody. Correct. You know, I mean, you, they, it just they it's do a it. Get lead, they man. do it because it's so hard to stop guys one on one, anyways. Yeah. They're like, what? Best case scenario, we're holding guy to like one point two points per possession. Right. And so you know what I mean? Like it's like okay, so like what's if he gets one point four, we're like really that much worse off, you know? Um, with Trayvon, you said something interesting about him when Xavier landed him, 
And you said it to me and Dan inside the Crosstown shootout the year before. You said he kind of reminds me of a bigger Sean Kilpatrick. Yeah. That's really interesting to me because I think that's kind of played out that way. I think he continues to remind me kind of the way Sean's career developed, where he's figuring out the more he goes, the more that athleticism, the more getting into shape is going to matter, all that type of stuff. Yet he continues to improve his offensive game. He continues to, to get better at the handling, all that type of, all the type of stuff Sean improved on. And now Sean's killing it in the NBA. Killing I mean, killing it. it. And he's two inches shorter than Trayvon. He's basically the best sixth man in the NBA right now. So you start looking at that, and you're like, can Trayvon do what Sean Kilpatrick's doing? Maybe. Now, Sean Kilpatrick's work ethic is extraordinary. Like, he's, he's a special, special kid in that regard. So I don't want to just give someone that credit of saying, you can do what Sean Kilpatrick did, because no, he, but, he's rare. I was confident. I, you know I hate player comparisons. Yeah, we, hate people, them. we all do. And that's one that I was like, I just see a similar career arc if it goes that way do you still kind of, i mean do you are you still on that boat kind of where you could see him maybe becoming a sean type of player in the nba yeah i mean he's getting better at playing downhill he's getting a little you know sean struggled sean couldn't dribble yeah when he got here he didn't have the handle he he had and the now, mentality yeah. more so he just didn't have the handle. and now you know he's if you watch him playing for the nets he's so decisive when he catches and attacks when he catches he, his shoulders are already Going past the, the defender. Yeah. I mean, when he catches the ball, it is instant attack mode when he is he is he is moving. Um, I, I I think Trayvon is learning to play like that a little bit more. I, I I think Sean as a junior was probably a little bit farther along in some of that stuff than Trayvon is, but he's still on that that path where he's he's doing more than just shooting. Um, and expanding his game, getting to the that's probably where he's not Sean. And, and I'll be honest, Sean got to the free throw line relentlessly. He's that, getting there. That's the biggest thing with Trayvon. He has to drive and get fouled more. He yeah. has to. I, I'll tell you, watching Sean Kilpatrick in college, I, I thought, really nice college player. Not a chance in Hades he ever plays in the NBA. And he has really carved himself out uh, a very he, nice spot. He didn't spot. stop. I mean, that's, No, right. And that, that, that's a lot of credit for him. And he's, I mean, I think on a, on a really good team, I mean, he's getting more touches than he'd get on a, on a, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn just terrible. But on a really good team, he'd be even better because there'd be better opportunities for him. Yeah, like to, if to you put him on like the Warriors, he'd just be standing there on the three point line, yeah, just, just bang, 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 bang. Because yeah, he'd be the guy that you can't focus on right. ever when he comes into the game. He'd just get buckets. Um, I do think there is something to be said for guys like them who aren't the quickest. That it almost helps them a little bit when they get to the NBA because they are such good shooters. You have to play up on them, and it's more of a one-on-one game yeah. where it's not. They don't have the help, so like they're not guys that can shoot through a gap. But one-on-one, when you have to respect their go up shot, and over or go through. Well, they, well, they can get in the lane and right. get to the rim a little bit more one-on-one right. than they could in the college game, just because everyone's gapping and playing yep. help defense yep. in college. But you have NBA, to you learn, like Sean did. The, those shoulders, like, it has to be instant. Absol- absolutely. If you catch and stand, your shoulders are square, and you stand at any point in time in the NBA. You're done. Um, uh, said Jacob Evans, the the unnamed NBA scout that I was speaking to, said Jacob Evans uh, probably another year, definitely another year before you know he's really on that radar because he just hasn't learned the aggressiveness and and the skill set is there, the size is there, the athleticism is there, the game is not there yet. <laughs> the interesting one will be Kyle Washington. <laughs> I think he tests the market. Is he and tough enough? I mean, for that league, he's six foot nine and can score and score and score and score and score. I don't know that I he's tough a, enough. I, I just see a guy taking him from the block and walking him across the three point line and then walking him out to the parking lot. And but he's a four him. in the NBA. That, that's that's what fours look like now. 
It'll be interesting. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not I, saying I'm he not, can't. I'm I, not sure either. I don't know how he works in the NBA. The, th- the thing is, he's 24. Yeah, he he's got the age. He's old enough. I mean, he meets the minimum age requirements. That's for he's sure. he's not getting any younger. And and if he continues to be their leading scorer and leading rebounder, and let's say hypothetically they go on and win the American and and have a decent little run in the tournament. I don't think his stock will ever be higher than it will be at the end of this year, but I just don't know that he ever is an NBA guy. I'm not saying he won't be. I think yeah, right. there's, I mean, I, there's, there's a I think Jason Maxiel would be either, and he, he carved out a damn long years. career. It, yeah. yeah. So, all right, final take for you, Rick. Um, I would like to say – Good stuff, I, by the way, Chad. Yeah, that was, that was pretty strong. Your best take of the, the year so far, I think. Thank you. Thank the you. Final take. Um, Arizona State, we talked about Bobby Hurley's statements last week. He put a lot of pressure on his kids saying that they had to live up to the expectations of those suffering cancer and other terminal illnesses. I'd like to say, sadly, Sam Cunliffe, a freshman player who had started 10 games this year and was doing really well, a big part of their recruiting class last year, has decided he can no longer live up to those expectations and decided to transfer out. Does so. he have polio? No, no, he doesn't have polio thanks to uh, UC um, and McCurdin's <laughs> University, but Arizona State, a lot of pressure there. Lot, the, I told you, I told you it might be a little much. It's a lot, a lot of pressure to live up and to. Now you're losing your top freshman, yeah. prized recruit out of last year's I, class. As so. I say, that is a lot of pressure to live up to. Yeah. Also, Sean Woods. We talked about him uh, yes. a few weeks ago about the whole thing going on with him. He has now been charged with battery for fighting his players. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in it's funny he was charged in Indiana because that's where where the offense took place <laughs> in, 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 in Evansville. Evansville. So uh, when you see that, you're like, wait a minute, doesn't he coach in Kentucky? Yes, he does. But the event and the occurrence occurred uh, where the charges were actually filed. Was was in Evansville where the two pl- where the yeah. two players actually uh, sh- came forward. He shoved a player twice, once during the game and once in the locker room. Got into a fight with a couple of the players in the locker room and then backhanded another one. Um, and they're all charging him with this. Yeah, and Patton got, did the same stuff. And, and they got witness. Patton. <laughs> they've got witnesses. Um, they, he, he was a general. Oh, that's right. The kid Malik Maitland, who said he was backhanded. His say, dad, say, the, say the other kid's name for me, if you would. You got his name down there? I don't. I didn't pay attention to the other kid because okay. Maitland's dad has now come out and uh, said that Hoods also headbutted his son last year, but they all swept that under the rug because he yeah, apologized. I don't even think that. Yeah, that's it. That headbutted. Maybe it was a love tap. Maybe they just given you know, a little, little. Kenny Freeze headbutted Yancey Gates as, as a freshman, and he didn't pay for it until he was a senior. Beachwood superintendent would like to talk to you in his office after the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing I don't do. I don't put my hands on kids. I, I, I stay away from that stuff. Chairs. Coming from, but you didn't bleachers. say anything about your head. No, I, I, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's, or your foot. Or my foot. Break off a size 11 and a half yep. some poor yep. Johnny's ass after yep. he doesn't block it. I've threatened that. I haven't, I've yet to do it. So I've threatened it. It just hasn't taken place yet. Nice. The threats are usually good if you throw a ball against the wall and, and that makes a scene. And then it makes You're you, a kick-a-ball guy, aren't you? Oh, oh yeah. I, I heard you, I heard you uh, broke a seat the other night. I took my hand and, and slammed it on a seat. I didn't break it. Nice. I took my hand and slammed it. So at the very end of the half, we watched the guy split two of us and make a 30-footer at the buzzer. So he just stood there. So just Skinza be- made some half-assed lucky shot that he pulled out of his backside. Skinny's breaking his so chair. With, with a foul to give. <laughs> so he wanted freshman to foul again before shooting a 30-footer. Correct. Good with a foul so, to give. So are you a kickable straight-in-the-air guy? It depends on or the circumstance. do you, like, aim? Like where, it's I try to aim away from the kids. Okay. No, it's usually if, if, like if, Rice. If, we, if we are fumbling it around in practice, the state that I usually use the line of, you guys have kicked it around long enough, it's my turn to kick it and then I'll kick it to the roof or I'll kick it to the wall. Don't do it all the time. Once about once a to month. To the windows to the wall. Exactly. So there you go. 
Anything uh, else from you, you boys? Drop that in. I've, I've got, got nothing. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's on BearcatJournal.com? And don't tell me you see news. I'll slap you upside the head like Rick Boring does. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, UC football stuff, we're uh, working on <clears throat> locating the uh, names of coaching hires and potential A couple future high school recruits. guys, maybe, right? Maybe? maybe. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody added in terms of, I wouldn't either. Um, you know, one of the um, support positions. I don't yeah. know that it would necessarily be to a, no, I, a I, full-time assistance yeah. role. Um a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of that stuff, and then uh, obviously my guy Berg will have his in-depth preview on uh, Fairly Dickinson. Fairly Dickinson, and then uh, Marshall next. I think that's next Thursday. I believe that's right. Um, so get your tickets now. Get your tickets Cause, now. Cause tickets are available, Rick. Um, and and, for, still and for you again, I, you're leaning back in a chair. I will knock you out of it. <laughs> what do you got on? What I, do you got on MusketeerReport.com? I will say uh, today I am dropping a. I like to do video breakdowns. We yes. go back and look at some stuff. Uh, not a lot of stuff that I've really seen. That really do you like pause it and, oh, and, and like circle stuff. No, I talk. I talk as voiceover during. the I play. love that. Yeah, we slow it down to like seventy percent. It really is. So you can see it happening. Yeah. Um, and, and so there hasn't been a lot that's jumped out to me like as themes. Normally I look for like a theme and be like, here's why they're struggling yep. on ball screens or something like that. So you, did you so, show? Did you show like last week? Here's why they're missing free throws because, because this one goes short. This no, one goes long. This one goes to the no, Left. That was because they got Chris, added. That they was got, because Chris Mack wasn't teaching good enough free throw drills. Exactly. He needed to be more creative. And they're not doing. They're not practicing enough. Practice right? enough yeah, free right. throws. Yeah. Right. Thank God Chris finally got on board he, with the social media critics yep, and good. figured it out. Yep. Um, adders. But, but for this breakdown, the mad adders. What I did is I picked uh, like five or six of my favorite sets that Xavier's run this year and and ran through them and started awesome. what they're doing. See, so that's coming today. Not, not being a smart ass, you gave a good answer. Yeah. How much better is that? I told you I just wanted to use How some much? audio last show, man. How much I better is that? I Mick audio, and I usually rail against Mick. I wanted to use him for positive for there once. You go. By the way, we're, uh, we're doing our podcast our second one of the week now on Thursday, so it'll probably be up hopefully later on Thursday. We'll get an all-day run Friday. Um, so uh, we're trying to preview stuff a little bit ahead of time, and we, uh, we appreciate everybody uh, for listening on Mondays and, and now Thursdays. Don't forget, uh, Jed Demusi and I do the Bengals podcast. Thanks to Rick Bruin. We did a Facebook Live. Had a nice audience for that the other day, and we we're appreciate on everybody. We're on iTunes now. Uh, on SoundCloud, uh, you can get us all over the place. And uh, Tom Gamble and I do our once a week uh, podcast as well, the old Two Angry Guys podcast. So I'm a podcasting fool. You really are. The, the Two Angry Guys podcast is excellent. We appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> excellent. So is this one. This is what I, I look forward to this each and every week. You guys are such a mess. Just one Especially step. when I can get you two guys going back and forth. It just, I, I just, I just I feel like I just kind of poke it and just lean back and watch. It's, watch the fireworks go. It's I almost mean, as good as you and Gamble going after each other. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll get some tickets to UC Game, Rick. Okay. <laughs> Shouldn't be hard. Shouldn't be hard. Good seats still available. Yes, they are. It's between them and the Bellevue Villa game I covered last night for uh, Emptiest Gym this week, I think. Ooh. I'll have to talk to you about that off the Ouch. air. All right, have yourselves a great week. We're back on Monday to recap a busy weekend of college basketball. Thanks for joining us today on the Skinny Podcast on Local12.com, on SoundCloud, and on iTunes.